This is the Find Your Forte podcast, episode 53. You have the passion. You have the education. Now it's time for the inspiration. Get ready to step up to the podium with purpose. This is the Find Your Forte podcast with choral director and lifestyle entrepreneur, Ryan Guth. Hey there, Choir Nation. This is Ryan Guth with the Find Your Forte podcast. And today I have an interview with Kyle Karam. He is an expert at job interviews as well as resumes and cover letters. So if you're somebody who is looking for a position right now in music education or you're looking to change jobs, uh, may change fields or transition in any way, uh, this episode is going to be very helpful to you. He lays out some real useful, actionable guidelines on sprucing up that resume cover letter and also uh, some interview techniques as well. So do not tune away because this is going to be a very value-packed episode. Before I hop into today's episode, I want to take a moment to let you know that I now have a Patreon campaign set up for the Find Your Forte podcast, which is like an ongoing Kickstarter where you can pledge as little as $1 per episode, and that will help to support all the costs associated with this podcast and allow me to take more hours of my life and dedicate it towards serving you Choir Nation. So if you wouldn't mind heading over to uh, www.patreon.com forward slash find your forte, all one word. Again, Patreon, P A T R E O N.com forward slash find your forte. And you can sign up once just right there, and you'll never need to look at it ever again. And you'll know that you can go to sleep because you have given value to a podcast that hopefully gives you value on a regular basis. So thank you for checking that out. And let's hop into the episode with Kyle Karam. Kyle, Choir Nation is ready. They're at the edge of their chairs, folders open, and looking your way. Are you ready to deliver the downbeat? Absolutely. Let's do this. Fantastic. Well, Kyle, it is. I'm very happy to have you here. Like I said, you're a member of Choir Nation. We connected uh, online through Facebook. And uh, you've been a listener to the podcast for quite some time. How long have you been listening, you think? Uh, I've been listening for a good six months, but I've uh, also caught up on uh, a lot of the episodes. So I you've started, gone back. I, I started at the beginning, and I have an hour commute, so I, I just try to get as many as I can in. And, That's perfect. And, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 when I started listening to podcasts, I had a 50-50-minute commute each way. And mm. I went, I've gone through hundreds of episodes of podcasts at this point. Yep. So yeah. uh, it's a wonderful way to not feel so alone in your car. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, people, people are like, yeah, do you listen to music? I'm like, no, actually, I don't. I really don't listen to music. I do so much music uh, in yeah. my life, but I don't listen to music in the car. So yeah. it's a wonderful way to double down your education. So agree. Um, well, Kyle, we're going to start with the downbeat segment, which is biographical, and I would just like to know about the moment that you decided to dedicate your life to music. I was in high school choir, and I was a junior. I was at a, at a performance where they were honoring alumni of Grand Rapids Community College, and my choir director was an alum. And so he left, his name's Sean Lawton, he left uh, to go meet with some people for this kind of, um, this concert, 
And we sat down and we held hands and we closed our eyes and we sang the Vittoria Omanium Sterium. And it was in this dance room, very live acoustic. And uh, we just kind of all opened our eyes and went, wow, that was incredible. And to that point, it was one of the best things I'd heard musically. And I looked up at, at everyone and my friends and I said, I, I have to do this for a living. I don't know what exactly in music, but I have to do something. I can't let this go. So that's that's where I, I knew. I think it's amazing that you had such a like precise point. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know the no. answer to my own question. Yeah, that's amazing that you had yeah. such a you have a such a vivid a vivid memory of, of I that. I remember like it was yesterday. That's amazing. Twelve twelve years ago or so. So yeah. Very good. What what um, was your musical background growing up? Did you have a musical family? I did not. Uh, I grew up and uh, I tried every sport on planet Earth. Uh, I was good at goalie at, as a hockey player, uh, but all my friends started learning my weaknesses. So I was not as good anymore as uh, some of the other kids. So I really liked it. Actually, I went to high school with a current NHL player. Um, and so there, it was a very big hockey community where okay. where I was. Um, and I, so I didn't really grow up with a musical family. My dad sang bass in high school, and that's about that's about the extent of it. So, so when did you make the transition from band to choir? Middle school. Middle school. Uh, we had to take choir in sixth grade, and I opted to take band in sixth grade. And then in seventh grade, I chose um, to take to take choir as well. So, gotcha. so yeah. okay, we you've you've. Uh, you went to Western Michigan. Uh, we talked about that in your pre-interview. You went to Western Michigan, and uh, you set out into the world. You eventually got a job, and then Correct. you had a a failure moment. Mm-hmm. What was yes. that? What was that about? It was only a couple years ago um, that I had a concert, and we had prepared and prepared and prepared, um, and and I felt comfortable going in. I said this was performance ready, and and then just different things had happened in a one, one boy who had tr- pitch matching issues. He, no one thought he was going to show up and he did. And, um, so everyone was kind of thrown off their game. Everyone just had a bad night and, uh, just overall the concert was, was not where it should have been. Uh, and I, I got frustrated and the kids kind of fed off of that. Uh, looking back, obviously that was, um, I could have handled that better, but uh, that was a plan that there's some point that didn't go as planned. So this brings into into light some philosophical issues, right? So you have a mm-hmm. student in your, I guess we, we call it the y'all come choir, right? This is where anybody yeah. is allowed. This is not an auditioned group. And he has, he has pitch matching, matching issues. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point where it disrupts the entire, yeah. the entire choir. In hindsight, how would if you had to go back two years, two and a half years, let's say, even to perform before you prepare that concert, how do you think you would attack that situation differently? I think doing and finding different maybe pitch activities that I, I use now mm-hmm. with some of my students who have the same issue. Um, 
and and really sitting with him at the piano and saying, okay, it's starting out. Is this pitch higher or lower than the last pitch? Right. Okay. So okay, things good. like that. So you would spend yeah, that extra time. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's a love. I mean, obviously it's a lovely answer. Uh, but yeah, I, I've, I've, um, uh, just, I now have, I have a colleague, uh, who took over from, from me when I uh, left my position last year, who has a, a boy in a similar situation and she's spending, you know, she's spending almost, uh, I think one lunch a week with this child, um, mm-hmm. to make sure that he has a place in the choir. So, I mean, so do you, so, um, do you feel like, like upon reflecting on the end result of this and, and what do you feel, um, how would you, so you would avoid the situation in the future. I'm sorry, I'm getting tongue tied here. You're, you'd avoid this situation in the future by identifying these types of child, this type of child and working with him. Um, what would... What would you do if we, you still got to the concert and it wasn't solved? I would do everything within my power, uh, with starting with choral gesture. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that's something that we talk about so much in the conducting and music education worlds, um, and and kind of give him these gestures and these cues to listen in, listen mm-hmm. in, and uh, and maybe back off a little bit, stop mm-hmm. over singing, uh, and using choral gesture. And if there was a time to talk to him and say, you know, I, I appreciate your effort. Uh, let's, let's try a couple new approaches mm-hmm. at this concert. That'd be a good time. But do you, did you have an auditioned head. choir at that, at that concert? Uh, no, I did not. You didn't. So, I mean, no, so that was, really is, that was a, for, for this to happen, that was a major disappointment for you that you've, you know, that there's the potential for one individual to disrupt the entire mm-hmm. the entire concert yeah. um, and it was a great it was a great group and a great kid you know it just it just the sound the they're aesthetic. always the best they're always yeah. great kids like they're always yeah. great kids absolutely so spirited and it just he just uh, yeah i think that was might have been part of the issue is he, he was so spirited that he wanted to sing out he wanted to mm-hmm. um contribute and he did he, he certainly, certainly did. contributed <laughs> yeah there is um I have had conversations with parents about I love the enthusiasm of your child. And this is, believe me, this is not how I word it at all, but that boiled down to essentially I love the enthusiasm of your child. I'm a growth mindset person, so I do believe that your son son or your daughter has the ability uh, to, to move forward and be successful in choral music, but it's not happening yet. And um, we're going to need, you know, we're going to need a little extra time together, but uh, potentially um, this concert is not the best concert to start. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah. you know, and this is something I'm sure this this discussion we're having right now could blow up on every Facebook group on, you know, on in the choral world, you know, about mm-hmm. about, you know, do you pull the one boy out of the choir? You know, do you right. make him the page turner for the evening, right? Or does right. does he become your choir librarian? You know, in the meantime, or or whatever. I mean, this is a very difficult situation, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if there's any one right answer on how to how to how to fix this. But right. you know, if you let it get the best of you in the moment, I mean, you, you were young, you were yep. new, a new teacher. And I could understand that. 
you know, and I, I think it's, it's important that you had this experience at the beginning of your career because you can still blame youthful ignorance for the most part in the, in the attitude that you may have had that may have, um, contributed to, to the, the feelings that your children, um, had, but, uh, I'm glad you had the experience. I'm glad you had the experience. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I had that my first year too. I had a kid that was sang loudly, but I also yes. had four other choirs that if that one didn't go well, it was like, okay, we can, you know, yeah. the show will go on. But, um, I sympathize with you. So, um, let's move on to what do you feel, uh, is, was your most, um, uh, proud musical moment. Okay. Uh, I'll do two quick. One as a teacher, one as a singer, if I could. Do your thing, uh, man. Te- All right. This, uh, just a, about a month ago or about three weeks ago now, uh, I took all four of my ensembles um, to the ISMA District Choral Festival. The first time they had gone in uh, many, many years, at least six or seven years. <clears throat> uh, and I wasn't expecting much. Uh, in, in Indiana, they do a gold, silver, bronze, and participant uh, rating system. Okay. Uh, being the best obviously uh and and I, I just said if we walked away with two silvers two golds i would be ecstatic i would be so pumped i would jump for joy uh and it was a long day but at the end of the day i, I walked into the headquarters and the director goes you've had a great day i said what do you mean and he hands me four gold plaques with four gold little stickers oh and that's your that's- uh, your facebook profile picture yeah, that's right. My face. Yeah, it's yeah. Me, me like like Michael Jacksoning these uh. four plaques. Like, oh. <laughs> so I was so proud for them and uh, very excited. So that's great. In Choir Nation, you learned yeah. today that Michael Jackson is a verb as well. You are <laughs> you are Michael Jacksoning. I don't. What is that even? What what is what is Michael well, Jacksoning? I want to know could, what that's all about. That could mean a few different things. Yeah. Okay. We won't um, go into that. We're not going to go yeah. into that. Uh, very. Yeah. And moving on, Choir Nation. Yeah. And what was this uh, second one? Yeah. My second one was this is a singer <laughs> and it was a multi-year project. I was very fortunate to be able to par- be a part of this project. And it, um, it was a project with the Western Michigan University Chorale and Seraphic Fire. We per- we recorded the Monteverdi Vespers of 1610. Oh, yeah. In, 2000, in 2009. That's a great recording. We, yeah. Thank you very much. The Patrick Quigley is just mind-blowingly amazing. Um, as well as James Bass, and they have just done amazing things um, with that ensemble. And so we recorded it in 2009 for the 400th anniversary, and then we took it on tour for two weeks and did eight performances over two weeks. And it was incredible because we got to do, uh, we got to sing, I think, two or three performances in the Metropolitan Cathedral in Mexico City. And uh, it was just acoustically just brilliant. And Where was the recording done? The recording was done in a church in Kalamazoo. Okay. Because um, it's outstanding. It that recording Thank is you. outstanding. Of of the Monteverdi Vespers, that is my single favorite recording. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's actually a funny story. We started to set up on sort of the stage of this little, of this kind of chapel, and then we, or this this church, and we, we ended up underneath like a balcony and recorded it, and it was just so much live and so much more live and so much more, I, I guess, vibrant and just yeah. like alive. It was, it was awesome. I'm going, I'm cool. going to link in 
in Kyle's show notes, I'm going to do an Amazon link to that recording so that yeah. Choir Nation, if you'd like to go uh, to Amazon through my link on ryanguth.com forward slash 053 for uh, episode 53 for Kyle's episode show notes, um, you can click that. Uh, you're not going to be charged any more than what Amazon would charge you, but we will get a small affiliate commission and that will support the podcast. So I would love cool. it if you would if you'd go there. It is a stellar recording of the Monteverdi Vespers. Did that win a Grammy? It should have. Uh, it, it did not. Uh, it lost that year to um, another fantastic recording. It was Eric Whitaker's Light and Gold. Oh, okay. Okay. Is there some guy named like Craig Hell Johnson or like Charles Bruffy yeah. or something? Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Got you. Very good. Okay. Well, that's a, it's a, it, yeah. I just can't say enough good things about it. So um, your, your mission uh, to be a choral director has taken you through a couple jobs, through some job searches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just so happens you, know, you were letting me know that your wife is actually a career um, advisor uh, at in yeah. Bloomington at at IU, correct. And uh, you have you have a lot to share with Choir Nation about the job process, uh, and the job search process, and the job uh, fulfillment process. And uh, I just want to hear a little bit about that story, and then I'm going to have you share with Choir Nation uh, a little bit about your expertise uh, in, in in that department. Yeah, just um, being on the job market for a, a couple different times in the last um, few years, as well as taking it very seriously. And it doesn't hurt that I'm married to a career advisor at IU. Uh, we've talked in great depth about this, and I've done a lot of resume uh, and cover letter editing for people and trying to help them get jobs. And that's all different fields. I have friends who are in education, but not music, friends who are in the medical field, things like that. And uh, just really cleaning up their resumes and, and cover letters. Um, so I I want to help people get into positions because I know how just how sucky it is uh, to be in the job market and be feeling like you're not gaining any ground. Right. You have so much to share, but you yeah. don't have the opportunity to do it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, not everybody is born with you know, the ability to write a bang up cover letter or, 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 you know, uh, format a resume in a beautiful manner. And and they don't have an, maybe they don't have an eye for design, but, but they're stellar musicians or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's a shame that somebody would miss an opportunity completely, uh, because, because those, those things are not in order. So it's wonderful that you have these things to share. So, so, um, what's the first, thing that we need to think about if you know i am a let's say let's say i'm a recent graduate let's i've never been on the job market before what is the first thing you know if you need to give me one action step right now what do i what do i need to do is i just graduated it's the second week of may what do i need to do right now if i'm going to be hopping into the job market in the job search uh the number one thing i would say it kind of comes down to the cover letter uh, if your cover letter starts with to whom it may concern, you will likely be in the recycling bin before they get past that line. Okay. Uh, and these administrators, these administrators are people and they want to feel like they're special too. So don't, 
it, yes, address it to a specific person, but also customize the cover letter. Mm -hmm. um, you might have a lot, uh, a few lines that are consistent from cover letter to cover letter, but do your research, figure out what the school's mission statement is, their vision statement, and address how you can strengthen those things for their district. So there is research required. Exactly. Right. You can't just template your communication and and Xerox and send it out. You have to. Correct. So you you can I, I guess can you construct a can you construct a general template that can be customized for each individual school? Like the yeah. bulk of the content is the same, but maybe your first and last paragraph address address specific items to this school mm -hmm. is that would that's, that be a good approach that is a good approach that's actually something that i personally do um is that i have a general template and then i have a couple paragraphs highlighted in red and i change those paragraphs i usually just delete them and, and start fresh mm -hmm. and do my research cover, um and know what the position is and how i can strengthen the program and and figure out and, and place myself, not not in the position, but give them the the idea of, wow, this person would be really fun, fantastic in this job. It, I guess, so the cover letter gives you a glimpse into a personality that a resume does not. Correct. Right, so yeah. sh should you, the vo like talk about the voice that is used in the cover letter. Can you explain a little bit about? Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, like, uh, it's for for voice. You want to uh, you want to sound excited. You want to sound like this is. You want it to sound like of all the the job applications, this is the one you prioritized. Mm -hmm. This is the job I want. Um, so you might have to do some prioritizing instead of applying for fifty different jobs in a day by just sending out random things. You know customizing because quality in this instance is going to be greater than quantity. Yes, for sure. Um, so the voice is excited. I always start every cover letter with, I'm excited to see this position is open. Please uh, accept this letter as my application. Um, and then I also end it with a PS, which not a lot of people do, but the PS generally says, thank you again for, for the opportunity of, of applying. Uh, I want to, I would love where I would like to, prove to you that I would be a great asset or a great addition to your, your team. Mm -hmm. uh, I, um, in order to do that, I, I can be reached for an interview at blah, blah, blah. And, and of course your, your information should be readily available mm -hmm. at every turn in your application. So, so the, the PS is an interesting point because that is a tactic that I use regularly in emails mm -hmm. for a call mm -hmm. to action. Cause yep. If people don't read the body of your email, for some reason, they'll read PS. And it's a little special. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. It's a little, hey, wink, wink, there's this extra thing just for you, baby, right? Correct. <laughs> so, um, so the PS, that's a very interesting point. And I'm, I, I, I want to say that you're probably among the minority of people that uses a PS in their cover yep. letter, which I think is, is a really outstanding way to to. To, there's some kind of call to action, which is what you're, which is what you're doing. I, I can be reached for an interview. You know, I'll drop everything and come to you for an interview at a moment's notice. You know, or whatever. And I've literally done that where they said, "Can you be here tomorrow afternoon?" And you know, it's a four-hour drive. Don't care. I'm there. Absolutely. 
because that that speaks more than anything you can say in an interview. Right. Absolutely. So. Okay. So so the cover letter basics. You know, it can be a template, but it needs to be adjusted based on the mission of the school, exactly. on the the research that you've done, that you've put your due diligence due diligence in, and you've if you've learned about the school. Um. So you're customizing a couple paragraphs, but generally it's the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can include, don't know to whom it's make, it may concern. Make sure you know exactly right. who you're addressing it to. Do you right. also do um, the formal um, letter um, where you add their address, their physical mailing address, even yeah, if you're have, submitting electronically? Yeah, I have, I have my address. I have the date. And then I have their address, and it's either it's either a superintendent, a principal, <coughs> or an or an HR specialist. Okay, those are the three. Uh, not a music supervisor. Be, uh, it could be music supervisor. Okay. I kind of put that in the same category as HR specialist. Oh, got you. Um, a lot of schools will probably not have a music supervisor. Well, it might have like a department chair, but maybe not an, a music administrator mm-hmm. per se. Um, have you have I, you had to call ahead and say who? Should I address my cover letter to? I've never personally done that. I don't okay. think there would be a big issue with doing that. But I think you can figure out okay. just by the application. And uh, a lot of a lot of postings will say, "Please address to blah blah blah." Got you. Got and if you. it doesn't, um, you know, let's say you're you're applying for a shared middle school high school job, mm-hmm. it might be the superintendent you um, are you going send to, to address to. Okay. Because it's gonna get, it's gonna make its rounds anyway. They just know that you're, again, you've kind of done your research and mm-hmm. you know who is where and who you should be addressing. Okay, so t- to. talk to me about the next, the next component. I'm assuming is that the resume. Resume. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what are um, the common errors you see in resume? Um, well, I I've actually been on two committees for choosing band jobs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I've seen. I guess the biggest thing is too much black and that doesn't mean, Oh, you need more red or actually never use red or more yellow, more blue. It, um, it's someone trying to trying too hard to look impressive. Okay. You sh- too much you ink on the page. You're saying too much ink on the page. Okay. Um, where you're trying too much. Um, and you fit, some people try to put in seven, eight, nine bullets under each job. That's too many. Mm-hmm. Three to five. Do you okay? So you, you bullet in in the description portion of of a job, you use bullets, not paragraphs. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, because my CV mm-hmm. always had paragraphs. So so th- my and life CVs would be easier if I had if I had uh, a, you know bullets. My life would be a lot easier. And if you start with if you do bullets, every bullet point starts with an action word. Taught this class. Okay executed lesson plan grew the program or something grew the program yeah. not i was able to teach that's too much you okay. need to grab them right away and you're so you're going to speak um are you speak is that is that second person when you when you're not speaking i and you're not saying you know Kyle did this you're say you're speaking in sort of these in, I, informal yeah. bullets right and I always use past tense. Right, okay. Because if, if, if I'm applying for another job, it's it's assumed that that is my so goal. Pa- so, right, okay, so not like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 
currently growing a program of yeah, 200 exactly. students into 400. Okay, right, right, okay, okay, got mm-hmm. you, got you. Um, very good. So, so you're using past tense, so it's assumed that you're already in the new position. Correct. Got you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how about, um, is font a consideration? I mean, a comic sans would not be a good idea, but I mean, don't, like, sit, yeah, like don't do that. fonts, fonts with serif or fonts without, like, you know, you know, you know what I mean by serif, like the little hooks on the A and yeah, things, yeah, the like little accents, the little melismas of of the font world. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> the font world. There we go. Um, I don't go too complicated. Okay, I've I've seen some that they were trying to be too much and the content of the content is obviously the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, serifs, no, I don't recommend them use, use something that is more traditional, but still grabs their eye. Okay. So you don't have to use times new Roman or Arial, mm-hmm. but you can use something that maybe is a little bit different, but yeah. not too crazy. Okay. Yeah. And I use like, I use Lato in all of my blog stuff, L A T O. Okay. And it has it's very plain, very easy reading, and um, I make sure. And I don't know if this is something you were going to say, but I make sure that my cover letter and my resume are you use the same font style. Yes, there's absolutely. consistency between the two. Yeah, they don't have to be the same font size because your cover letter, by the way, should be one slice of paper, mm-hmm. front side only. Right. If it bleeds over to the second side, it's too much. But um, ain't nobody got time for that. Right. Exactly. Okay. You you know, you're applying for a job that there might be 30, 40 applicants and they, they can't, administrators are busy. They can't. Right. They're probably scanning your cover letter anyway, you know, right? Quite possibly. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Okay. Um, How about, I want to go back to the cover letter for just one second because talk to me about paragraphs because, because people suck at, I, I make so many paragraphs um, when, I, when I write in general because I like things to be spaced out so it's visu- easy, easy to visually scan. And I, I also see people that ba- make these just gigantic monster paragraphs because nobody I guess nobody taught them how to like think thoughts. I don't know. Um, but w- what about paragraphs when it comes to, to cover letters? I mean, is, do you see... More paragraphs, the better. More shorter paragraphs being better, or longer chunks, or how does that work? I would say probably somewhere in the middle. You don't you don't need nine paragraphs on one sheet of paper, mm-hmm. um, but two long paragraphs might be too many. Mm-hmm. If you're able to break it down to eleven or twelve point font um, and fit in a good three or four paragraphs, again, content is more important. So making sure that it's researched and it's You've learned about the district. You've learned about the pro as much as you can about the program, um, and fitting it in. You know, not ten or twelve sentences per paragraph, but several. So, if you had if you had one word to describe, let's say you had um, a four paragraph cover letter. Name each paragraph for me. The first paragraph would be the blank paragraph the second would be the blank paragraph and then can and then can you just Im- improvise the answer to that question right now okay here we go uh number one paragraph is probably the shortest paragraph and mm-hmm. that is excited okay i'm excited this job is open great please accept this 
two is going to be the um, not a rehashing of the resume. They'll read your resume, mm-hmm. but but a here's maybe something additional to the resume that um, might be might be generic but could be customized. Three is a true customization. Here's how you here's how I would fit what you're looking for. Okay. Um, based on either the the posting itself mm-hmm. or the research. Okay. And four is a wrap up of sorts, uh, maybe adding some more things. Um, and then we've got the signature and then at the bottom, the PS thank you again. Is there a point in there where you can, where you can or should name drop if there was a connection to the district? I've seen this done a few different ways. Um, a safe way is just to say a district or corporation employee, um, recommended me for this job. Um, and it depends on that person's relationship to right. If, if <laughs> right, so if they're a jerk and no one likes them, you probably should just not right. mention it at all. But really, right. but if, if this person is truly loved by administration and and everyone, then um, then then that's a possibility. So it's a as case well. by case basis on that, right? For sure. Okay. And make sure if you are doing that, if you are going to name drop, that that person knows. Yes. Hey, okay. Way, hey, by the way, Ryan, I'm applying for the school. Um, is it okay if I use your name in the cover letter? Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Cause that's sort of like your endorsement. It's like a referral. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's yeah. Like a referral. Okay. So, okay. Now let's go back to the, let's go back to the resume. I'm sorry, choir nation for jumping back and forth, but, um, okay. Back to the resume. Um, should an educator's resume be one side or is it, is it, should it be multi, can it be multiple pages? Is it more like a CV? Um, have everything prepared. Mm-hmm. I've never had to give uh, a school my CV because my CV is, you know, nine or 10 pages long. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't, they don't want that. They would, they'd be overwhelmed. Um, I have my resume and this is what I do recommend is it can be one sheet of paper, but both sides. Okay. Um, and I print mine off on a, <clears throat> on 11, on uh, 11 by 17 paper. I have, so it's like a, uh, like a little book. I've got a cover with kind of my branding and that says music educator and choral conductor. Mm -hmm. And then inside have the content, job experiences, uh, certificates, education, Mm -hmm. leadership opportunities, other positions, field related experience, whatever your resume is. Mm -hmm. And then on the back, and this is kind of where there's some disagreement, but have five references. Oh, so you actually literally, you take 11 by 17 Fold it in half, and you have a little booklet. Correct. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so the, the front is just like a cover. The Correct. Front, it's just a cover. There's nothing additional besides just like your brand on the front. Right. And okay. What I do, actually, it's on Seabreeze resume paper. And so, and... Uh, and it's just a, it's just a resume paper. It's re- it's pretty nice. Okay. I'm and putting I'm an t- Amazon link. Sea breeze, baby. <laughs> um, and then I take that and I slide it into like a clear portfolio and inside the portfolio, I have a bunch of other materials. Okay. So we have the, the cover, you have your resume that looks like a beautiful menu of, yeah, of awesomeness. 
I'll probably take my my references out, but uh, okay. I can send I can send you the full thing. Yeah, and then the back has your five references. Five five reference phone and email, phone and email, uh, and current organization and current position. And and should it be how they're related to you? Like worked I worked for this per- person, or does I, it not matter? I, I don't because I have the information above in my resume. Okay, got you. I have my principal, my middle school principal, and it will say, um, my first job was Prairie Heights, and it would say, Prairie Heights Middle School principal. Okay. And then they can say, oh, yep, he he worked at uh, Prairie Heights Middle School. He can, you know. Okay, so, so that's, all that's right. the connection. This is, this is wonderful insight. I, I like that 11 by 17 thing. Wow. Okay, so that means you're going to have to get it um, printed at, at – uh, a actual printer. Exactly. Okay. You, yeah. You're probably not going to do that at home. Um, okay. So what about, uh, what's another consideration we need to, I, I don't want to go too long on time. I think resume and cover letter are two very important things to start. Um, but what, what other things, uh, do we need to consider moving forward in the job search, uh, process? In, in the portfolio that I kind of mentioned earlier, um, have, have material in there that is you, that speaks to who you are and how you can positively impact their organization. Um, I have sample letters, sample programs, um, positive evaluations. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got. And that portfolio uh, is, is hosted online. Uh, I do have it on my website. Yeah. Okay. And that there, I have an electronic version. I also have my, um, but you're going to hand them physical copies. Correct. I, I in an interview or before an interview. Uh, in the interview, I bring it with me. Okay. Uh, I also have my repertoire list on there, my conducting as well as my singing. Well, I don't usually put my singing repertoire list in there, mm-hmm. but I do have my conducting repertoire list. Uh, and I uh, I walk in with it, and at the very end of the interview, you kind of get a sense that it's over. I put them on the table, and I say, "This uh, I have some more materials here if you'd like. Uh, and if you have any questions, feel free to contact me, and my information is all in these portfolios. Gotcha. And they, they have an opportunity to physically thumb through it. And a lot of them are very interested because not many people do that. Because you're going above and beyond at this point. I mean, that's right. Most people walk in with one copy of their resume and cover letter on crappy paper that. Not just regular paper they printed 15 minutes before they left, you know. Okay. Um, but yeah. I had a guy it, in an interview I was in at one, one time who wore a red shirt. Nope. To an interview. Nope. Error, 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 error. So, right. Red shirt, black tie. He looked like Satan's little messenger. <laughs> um, uh, what, what, what advice would you give about, about your, your presentation, your personal presentation? Uh, go back, going back to the basics. Um, sit up straight, make eye contact, smile. Um, just kind of those basic interview skills that uh, we were all taught or we have all heard, at least in the past. Um, and if you've done your research about this, about the school, mm-hmm. they'll ask you questions. Do you have any questions for us? Always have a question, at least one, if not two. Okay. That shows that you're interested. Now, pick and choose your question wisely. Don't say, well, well what's the budget? That's that's a little too much. Right. You can ask about the budget when you're offered the job, but you can ask how many. What is the what is the ensemble setup like? Um, how many concerts a year do they have? Things like. Right. Explain a things. typical. Walk me through yeah. a typical day for this teacher Perfect. or something. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. 
So have a couple um, canned questions ready to go so that you're not thrown off. Uh, one question that I um, have found to be effective in an interview is um, I've read your mission statement and I want, I'm just curious to know how you find choir to be an important part or how do you view choir as a part of this mission statement or this vision statement? Oh, okay. And I've gotten some very good answers in interviews and, and a lot of times they're like, um, uh, let us think about that for a second. And then they yeah. give me an answer. And well, it's-, it's funny in the end, if I guess if you can have a, a interview where the administrator does most of the talking, like you won, right? Because people love to hear themselves talk. They love, they love to be the one sharing. And if you can do an interview where there's, where, where they're essentially selling you on the mm-hmm. job, then you've then you've you're you're doing it right. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I've I've had interviews like that, and uh, it's yeah, f- uh, uh, one hour interview in fifty seven minutes was the superintendent talking at me. Yes, and then three three minutes of discussion. And, right, and uh, they go, "Well, this is the best darn conversation <laughs> we've ever had." You know, it's like, well, yeah. cool. You talked most of the time, but that's great. If you feel that way, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's what people in Indiana sound like to me, I think. This is the best darn interview we ever had. Yeah, I don't think that's actually what they sound like, but in my mind, because I've never been to Indiana, that's just what I think they sound like. Sorry, everybody from Indiana. But do remember that I'm a Michigan import. That's true. To the state of Indiana. Uh, So we we like our, if you can't hear it, very wide onset, very nasal. You know, um, we're going to head to Indiana today and uh, like... Oh yeah. Okay. So you're like you get as far into it as uh, you don't get quite to the Duchenne, but you know oh, it's you're not the Minnesota. You don't get the uh, Minnesota. Yeah. You but know, you're, we're gonna go drink some Fagel uh, once we buy it from Meyer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Um, cool. Okay. So this is this has really been a lot. I I feel like um, you know Kyle, we have some you know we haven't totally squeezed everything out of you, but you know for the sake of time, I I want to. I want to, you know, move on to the last segment, but I definitely sure. believe that there's a lot of value here in what you have to offer us. And um, uh, I would say that Choir Nation, if you're interested in conversing more with Kyle, um, Kyle is an active member of the Choir Nation Facebook group. So um, if there's a question that you have for Kyle about about you know interviews and resumes and cover letters, I'm sure he'd be happy to accept. Um, your friend request or your message on the, the, the Choir Nation Facebook group, you will find him there. So it's Choir Nation, um, I'm sorry, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Choir Nation. And that way um, you can connect with him there. Let's head into the last round, which is okay. the Acelerando round. Um, so I wanted to talk about what you're most excited about right now. Um, well, we were just asked uh, to do a, a project a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I also sing. Who is we? Choir. We, uh, my, my current advanced SATB on. They call themselves show choir. Um, however, I don't have a single lick of show choir experience, mm-hmm. so I call them Seymour Chorale or just advanced SATB. I. I just kind of we don't get have like an official name because I find it's more important for us to define ourselves rather than let a name do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also sing with the Bloomington Chamber Singers here in Bloomington, and uh, Dr. Jerry Souza just invited us to do a collaborative Christmas concert with the BCS at the um, 
here in Bloomington. So um, there are a couple very fine coral programs, including one of the best coral programs in the state right here in Bloomington. Uh, but he asked us to be a part of this concert instead. So awesome. And, and yeah, the whole process of I'm going to help him pick lit and and uh, and just move this concert forward. I'm, I'm really, really excited. So. So you, you are a uh, young buck. So uh, what advice would you give for your college-aged self? College-aged self. Um, one is practice piano more. Think you're done? Nope. Go practice more. Yep. Uh, I am awful at piano. Uh, and the other one is don't get cocky. Don't, don't get don't cocky. Get no, you don't should get not get cocky. Oh, uh, my God. It costs me too many experiences. Um, so a few things that I really wanted out of uh, out of my college and career and high school career and, and was not able to to do that. Uh, one was um, I really wanted to be drum major of the Bronco Marching Band at Western, and uh, it it didn't happen because uh, I was was it an I attitude problem. Ready. It was it was a well slash kind of attitude, kind of cocky, kind of tried to be funny in a wrong time. And, mm-hmm. um, but it, it came across as cocky. So don't get cocky. Don't get cocky and practice. Piano. Cocky. Awesome. Um, we have, uh, next question. Oh yes, here we are. In your opinion, what do you believe makes an outstanding, um, conductor or educator? Commitment to your craft. Okay. Um, and and I'm kind of re- literally preaching to the wrong choir here because I'm I'm Choir Nation is curious. They've downloaded these podcasts and they listen. Um, but always always be willing to learn. Always be seeking new opportunities and be willing to change um, and be adaptable. Awesome. Practice what you preach. Walk us through your morning routine. Well, I wake up uh, at. 5:45, and then I wake up again at six, and then I wake up again at 6:15. Uh, <laughs> by, by the time I finally roll out of bed, um, which is kind of weird because I'm like a mid-morning person. I'm not like wake me up at 5:30, let's go. But mm-hmm. like nine, ten o'clock, I'm like that's my peak. Okay. Um, so I, I get going, and I just kind of get ready. I make sure I'm all packed up and ready to go, and then I head out and I listen to the Find Your Forte podcast. Woo! On my way to work. Um, and like I said, that's an hour. So when I get to work, I have my f- first class is either a study hall or a prep period because we're on block scheduling. And uh, I'm able to kind of do my emailing, do lesson planning, do score, sh- score study, and uh, just kind of prepare for the day. So it's actually a really good opportunity. Who is a particular guest that stood out to you on the Find Your Forte podcast? Um, like if you had to say, okay, this is, there's a brand new listener listening to you mm-hmm. today. This is their first episode. What should their second episode be? Uh, it's kind of goes with the model of success that you've asked before in the mm-hmm. past. Uh, and it is a, a conductor who lives here in Bloomington and that's Do- uh, Dominic Diorio. Oh, Dom's uh, awesome. He, oh, he's great. fantastic. And he, he's so young and he's accomplished so much. You know, I, he's one of the people that I look at. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) Uh, he's, he's so learned and so brilliant. And I've heard his choirs, uh, a handful of times and they're every time they're just 
they're spot on and they do something that not many choirs can do. So, well, Dominic Diorio is episode 29. So if you go to ryanguth.com forward slash zero two nine, you will find um, Dominic Diorio's um, interview called Lose the Maestro Mentality and Make mm-hmm. Genuine Connections. So that was his episode. He gave a wonderful interview that was shared many, many times. Uh, he's one of the higher rated uh, episodes on our podcast. So um, definitely check that one out. I'll leave a link in the show notes to that as well. What is your favorite personal growth or music book? Uh, um, a book that I'm reading through right now again Um I love to get inside the minds of composers because I am not one. Um, I like to conduct, and I think it's important that we dive in as much as we can to composers. So, and one of my favorite composers wrote a fantastic book, and it's Aaron Copland's "What to Listen for in Music." Oh wow! Okay. Some some books are just fact after fact and very informational. His his book is more conversational. I read I read it on my my patio, my balcony, and I feel like he's sitting next to me giving, you know, talking about composition and, and these things. And he writes it in a way that you could be an advanced composer, or you could be someone who doesn't know anything about music and you understand what's going on. Awesome. Take something from it. So it's, it's a, such a great read. Great. I'm so. going to put a, a link to that in the show notes. We got a lot of links today, Choir Nation. So yeah. you're going to have to head yeah. over to ryanguth.com slash zero five three for episode 53 and uh, click every link order everything consume as much as you can because uh, because Kyle has been a wealth of links today oh, so thank you. Um, the last one of the one of the last questions well, we're almost there um, when you think of success who's I, you kind of answered this I don't know if it's the same I, person I'm sorry when you think I of can, success who comes to mind would you still say uh, stick I, to your answer I, in Dominic Diorio I have in my notes here, because um, I wasn't sure if you were going to ask that one, um, is Do- is Dominic Durio again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, so, another reason for you to click that link, Choir Nation. Um, I, guess, I guess I'll say then, let me throw one more name out there. And Go for Kimberly it. Kimberly Dunn-Adams, who's currently at Western. Kimberly Dunn-Adams, she's fantastic. And she's just, she has an ear of gold. She hears every little nuance. Um, and she's also another pretty young con- uh, conductor. So We'll have to get her on the podcast. I definitely agree. She's fantastic. Very good. All right. Last major question. If you only had one concert left in your lifetime, a choir with limitless ability and access to a sold-out concert venue of your choosing, where would your final concert be and what would be the last piece on that program? It's it's the typical Helmet Thrilling response. What a question. Oh, Um, yes, the Helmet Thrilling response. That is another (laughs) yet another link you're throwing in here. (laughs) Oh my this gosh! Um, yes, well, that was um, that was episode forty-seven, helmet rilling, yeah. where he dodged all of my questions. Yep. What the question? How am I supposed to answer this? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, give me an answer, dude. <laughs> Come on, man. You, you don't you don't push the maestro if he doesn't want to be pushed. That's true. Um, uh, anyway, I like um, I'm more into like the intimate settings, smaller churches, or and mm-hmm. acoustically very unique and richer places. Mm-hmm. Um, the choir loft at the Metropolitan Cathedral in Mexico City comes to mind. Okay. Uh, the the war room in the Indianapolis War Memorial. It's this. It's the top uh, top stairs or top level of the Indiana 
Indiana War Memorial, and it is acoustically just brilliant. Um, so possibly there, uh, or maybe even closer to home at like at a simple church in Kalamazoo or, or Muskegon, Michigan. My last. Well, if you had to pick my, one, oh, you're killing me. What would um, it be? Just for sentimental reasons, I'll say First Baptist Church in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay. And what would the piece be? The piece would be uh, Dominus Vobiscum, Sidi Guillaume. Oh. Uh, he's he's this Creole composer who who's done a lot of really cool stuff. Wonderful. Um, yeah, he, it's very it's very live. It's very I believe uh, like I said, Creole. I believe I it's, I think Sydney is a member of Choir Nation. If I'm not, he, I I do believe so too. I think he is, and. Um, I just don't know that piece, but we'll have to converse and I'll, I, I will phenomenal. link up to that piece as well in Man. the show notes. So many links, and, so little time. And, and if I could, if it's my last concert, there should be an encore. Uh, oh, my my god. encore. oh my God. Oh my God. You're killing me here, Kyle. You're killing oh, me. Man. Okay, what? We shall, we shall walk through the valley in peace, Moses Hogan. Oh, beautiful. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll let you have that one. Yeah. I'll let you have okay. that one. Amazing. Well, Kyle, give the listeners some parting words of encouragement and the best place they can find you online besides the Facebook group uh, moving forward. All right. Uh, you can find me at my either my website, uh, which is Kyle Karam. Uh, that's K-Y-L-E-K-A-R-U-M dot Weebly dot com. Uh, and uh, probably the best way to get me directly is my, my email address, which is Kyle dot at Gmail dot com. Wonderful. Parting words of encouragement. Go. Parting words of encouragement. Keep your head up. Uh, make, make finding a job your job. Uh, do your research. Be detailed and task-oriented, and you've got this. You'll land something. Amazing. Well, listen, I hope every recent college graduate in music education gets a chance to listen to this interview. <laughs> I think they'll get a lot out of it, and I certainly thank you for helping Choir Nation to step up to their podium with purpose today on the Find Your Forte podcast. So thank you for being my guest. Cool. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for listening to Find Your Forte with Ryan Guth. As always, join Ryan online at www.ryanguth.com for detailed show notes and discussions on every episode. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Until next time, be amazing.